You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Man, this time clock, clock is uh, oh my. hard to see. Did I say something bad there? This, no, uh, I heard an L. I'm pretty sure I heard an L. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready. Set. Hook. And we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra, joined by Brazilian Ty, and at this point, we might as well be married. Um, I mean, if the tax breaks were worth it. <laughs> to be honest, man, I thought they were more than they were. Yeah. And now you can't even do the income splitting? That's a totally different podcast, but... <laughs> Well, and you see, my with my with my work, my uh, my income is because I have living allowance. I would I don't even have to claim it, so I would just hide that from you. Oh, okay. I mean, if there are any auditors listening to this podcast, <laughs> pretend that never happened. But <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's living allowance. They can't tax it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I went to call my wife on Saturday. And I honestly didn't even know I called you. And that's why I probably seemed so confused. I'm like, there's a male answering my wife's phone? This isn't good. So <laughs> I just went, sorry, wrong number. And then I went to hang up and saw, oh, my God, that was Ty. <laughs> like, I can't remember who said it, but they're like, there's some subconscious stuff going on here that nobody really wants to know. I'm just glad... It wasn't you on my wife's phone, because then there would be a real issue. <laughs> yeah, like, how, how upset would you be that I was cheating on you? <laughs> Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em, and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. Oh, and the first game of Week 16 was the Hamilton Tiger Cats not only, you know, edging the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I think this one was a statement win. They mm-hmm. crushed them 33-13. The Bombers were 6-0 and at IG Field coming into this game. No more. Uh, Dane Evans and the Ticats walk all over the Bombers here. Do you remember what I said? Uh, when we talked about Hamilton and Winnipeg being the only undefeated teams at home left. Yeah, and you said Hamilton would be the last one. <laughs> and and I also forgot to change my pick so that worked out real well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, ha- Hamilton comes in, you know, Dane Evans, we didn't know what to expect when we took over for Jeremiah Masoli, and in the last four games has averaged 374 yards. Uh, you know, has nine touchdowns and is holding this team in first place in the East and beating teams that they should beat. And even teams like we, we figured this would be a great cup preview. Uh, yep. If both stars were healthy, Dan Evans comes in, it looks like Hamilton hasn't missed a beat. 
this was a crucial road trip for the Tiger Cats. Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I think winning two out of three is about as good as you can ask for. I mean, three and zero would be really tough, but two out of three, and they probably should have been three and zero. They had Calgary too. Um, yeah, this Ticats team is the real deal. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, uh, Meatloaf couldn't have said it better himself. Uh, there we go. Um, Chris Streveler, they they forced him to pass. He had himself a three hundred yard game. He did throw the two interceptions and a touchdown. But the big thing here is that they were able to limit his rushing. He had eight mm-hmm. carries for forty six yards. And from what I noticed, what the Tie Cats were doing, it was ninety five. Uh, Julian Hauser was. Watching Strevler like a hawk, <laughs> basically, basically a QB spy, and just take away the lane, yeah, and hope exactly. that your coverage, and hope that your coverage is good enough to where you can force Strevler into having to run, and you have a guy there at all times. The first half of the Montreal Alouettes game uh, last week between the Bombers and Al's showed exactly how you should not defend Chris Strebler, and then the Ticats here showed exactly how you should defend Chris Strebler. If you do the math on the from halftime of that Alouettes game through to the end of this game, the Bombers have not been playing very good football at all, whether it's the defense or the offense, because they gave up almost 500 yards to Vernon Adams Jr., and then (laughs) Dane Evans almost throws, well, he he was halfway to 400, well, more than halfway, uh, halfway between 300 and 400, but three touchdowns, and all the receivers that we're expecting to be rolling for the Ticats were Braylon Addison, Brandon Banks, Marcus Tucker had a nice game, five catches, 80 yards, $2,500, Brazilian tie was glowing about that one. Until... Matthew Schultz decided he could play football in the second half of the game, and I ended up losing my fantasy matchup. (laughs) And I know Tyrell Sutton only had the eight carry. When you look at the stat sheet, I -hmm. thought he made a lot more of an impact than what the stats say, but eight carries for 25 yards. He also had three catches for 32 and a touchdown, so that's probably... Why, you know, uh, when you look at the big picture, it looked like he had a much bigger impact than what the stat sheet says. But if they're going to roll with Sutton for the rest of the year at running back, I think not only in fantasy is he going to provide a nice value, but he had an impact with the BC Lions late last season, getting them into the playoffs as the thermometer dropped. And I think he might have a big impact for the Ticats. And, and he's fresh. Yeah, right. exactly. Fresh legs in the backfield is such a huge part piece of success. Uh, you know, this late in the season, we see it with Powell's usage. Uh, you know, Sutton comes in like this. Andrew Harris, he he only rushed the ball ten times in this game. And, and, you know, Tyrell Sutton. Like, so the two feature backs had eighteen rushes between them. Uh, and I get Winnipeg was down, so it's really hard for them to rush the ball. You would expect Hamilton to have higher numbers with the lead. Uh, but if he can come in and keep doing this and, you know, maybe not putting up the yards that we would expect, but, you know, being a safety valve for Dane Evans or being able to rush the ball three three yards a carry isn't the greatest, but he got in the end zone on a catch or on a reception. So, I mean, he puts up – he produced uh, not exactly what you expect from a starting 
running back numbers, but uh, you know the touchdown really supplemented the fantasy numbers for sure. The leading receiver for the Bombers, and in this game, Kenny the King Lawler, 10 catches on 10 targets for 144 yards. The only thing that would have made it better was a touchdown, but the King had a hell of a game. 24.4 points, it seemed, well, everything that was thrown to him he caught, uh, but it just seemed like he was not going to drop a pass. He seems to be the guy that Strevler has the most trust in and the most chemistry with, with in the mm-hmm. Bomber receiving core. I think there was a trendy pick over the last, I'd say, year and a half with Drew Wolitarski. He hasn't, I think, what fueled him last year was the touchdowns. I mean, the guy would have two catches and two touchdowns. It, it's just yeah. not happening this year, but. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if the Bombers are going to have a 1,000-yard receiver, but Kenny Lawler just might end up leading this team in receiving yards. Very well could be because every other receiver they seem to hand the ball off to. Yeah. <laughs> like Nick Dembski, 4 of 5 for 28 yards. That's not going to yeah. get the job done. Uh, no. I mean, seven yards, seven yards, not seven yards of reception, not terrible. Uh, far from great, uh, you know. But he's they're still they use him like a Swiss Army knife. He's all over the field. He lines up everywhere. Uh, hard to get continuity that way. I mean, Kenny Lawler lines up and runs his routes and makes plays. And until he until teams can stop him from doing that, or until he can't do it, when he if he starts you know dropping balls or not getting there, Strevler is going to keep looking for him. I think the biggest thing about this game is the stuff that you can't measure because it looked like the Bombers didn't have any fire. I, I mm-hmm. thought they were going to be an angry team after that loss to Montreal when they were up 24 points and they were going to be back home. They were going to be fired up. They're going to be playing really physical football and that wasn't there. The Ticats either took it away, credit to them for being able to handle the Bombers, but they didn't bring any of that physical edge that we'd come to expect from the team. No, not really. I mean, when you have guys like Drake Nevis and uh, Willie Jefferson, you'd expect the defense to put up more of a fight than allowing 33 points. Uh, And I think... I think after last week, I know Chris Trevler said, no, they're over it. They're past it. You have to say that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't believe it for a second. I think it's still in the back of their heads that they failed in that second half last week. And it just, it ends up carrying over. You start doubting yourself. And I think also what it is, is this offense is starting to come back to where they are going to be with Chris Trevler running it. Kind of a regression to the mean a little bit. Yes. Um, because I, I didn't want to say it because it's so cliche. But I know. they. I, I think they were going to try and do what they could uh, until Matt Nichols was going to return in six games. And then it mm-hmm. was announced that he had season-ending shoulder surgery. He may have played his last game as a bomber. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Bombers do at quarterback next year. I feel like if only, if only there were teams that needed quarterbacks, he could find a job, hey? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're in the window of opportunity for the Bombers, and it could fall apart, and we're back mm-hmm. rebuilding the entire roster. 
So I, I've, if they don't get it done this year, I don't know what happens with this team going forward. Well, and we talked about it in our season preview show. We both took this as the Grey Cup matchup. We both took Winnipeg to win it. A lot of people uh, did. Know. Well, and you look at it, their age situation, their contract situations, everything's lining up where this had to be the year because there is a chance that they're going to lose guys. Guys are going to start to regress. You know, you get over 30, 31 years old, and especially in football, it's more pronounced that, you know, the production goes downhill. Now, Andrew Harris, obviously, his production is going to go uphill unless he gets piss tested again. So. So this had this was a make or break year because we don't know what's going to happen with the roster uh, in the offseason with guys leaving or retiring or, or stuff like that. There were some people saying that the Bombers are going to start fast and then they're going to fall off a cliff. I don't know if that's what we're seeing right now, but let's face it. They're 9-5 and five and we're crapping on them right now. But at mm-hmm. the same time, in a 24-hour it's, window... It's definitely recency bias. Yeah. In a 24-hour window, they fell from first to third in the West, and that just shows how yeah. tough it is in that division. It is ridiculous right now. Uh, you know, you have three teams with nine wins. Yeah. <laughs> Edmonton's not that far behind with seven. BC stays alive somehow. Uh, on just a terrible coaching decision, but like that, it shows just one win makes such a huge difference that it's not even playoffs, but every game does matter, especially in that West Division. I mean, you think they'd be fired up with Bob Cameron getting put into the Ring of Honor, looking like he can still punt the ball? Uh, did you see him plank or whatever yes! that was? Yeah. <laughs> I would have broken both of my arms. Compound that, that, fractures. That made that made my abs hurt. Just watching that. That was that was impressive from Bob Cameron, the guy that played the second most games uh in his career in CFL history. Um I think we we can't move on without talking about Simone Lawrence. Who had 17 tackles, but I think we need uh, to talk about this. There think, had to no, be a I think few. What we need to talk about is he really only had 16, and they gave him credit for that 17th, which he barely even got a finger on the guy. This is where I'm going. There was at least a couple phantom tackles in there. And uh, the last six tackles of the game were all shortle. They, they, yeah, yes, I I know Simone Lawrence. Simone Lawrence got a piece of I think it was Nick Dempsey. I can't remember who it was for the seventeenth tackle, but all he got was like a finger on him, and he was still upright and short. He'll finish the tackle. So how is that a tackle for Simone Lawrence? And I'm not saying this because I don't like Simone Lawrence. I'm not saying this because you know he's been fine and suspended. I like Simone Lawrence. I love the way he plays. Sure, Me he too, needs to yeah. dial it back, but I I don't want him to because then it's going to completely change the way he plays the game. But if we're gonna, if we're going to have record set, <laughs> then it has to be legit. Like I don't want this to be a Mike Miner situation where the catcher lets a fly ball drop in foul territory to get a strikeout. Even. Even the commentators, they were watching, like yeah. wait, waiting for the 17th tackle, and they're like, ah, I wouldn't give that to him. No. No, that's that's not a tackle. So I don't know if they gave that tackle to him or if the official you know, stat spotters had a different one, but either way, Simone's into the record books, and mm-hmm. 
continues to have a great season when when he's on the field. He could I be mean, defensive player of the year. He actually really could be. It could come down to him and Willie Jefferson. Willie, because obviously, obviously Loeffler would win it, but he is injured, so it's it's so funny how the defensive player of the year. It's like one play can mm-hmm. change your perspective so much. There was a play in this one where if Willie Jefferson closed his hands, you know, yep. a millisecond sooner, he would have had to pick six, and then we're saying, oh, Willie, for sure, defensive player of the year. But when you watch him, he's so fast off the ball. Sometimes he gets offside penalties, but the mm-hmm. other <laughs> benefits well, he of it, you have just to say, make He doesn't even have to make a sack or a tackle to have a yeah. – to have a influence on a play, right? When his when his uh, he's got a twelve foot wingspan. I mean, oh. <laughs> uh, he he just makes things happen. So we're we're figuring out those player awards as we as we move on in the season. Good for the Tiger Cats heading home. Which which I which I assume we will predict at the live show before the yeah. awards. Yeah, we're, the live show is going to be. It's going to wrap up, I'm going to say, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half before the CFL Awards. And just to give an update on 2 and Out Live at Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack, November 21st in Calgary during Grey Cup week. We did sell our initial allotment of tickets, I think, late Thursday night. It officially sold out. We, we talked with Booker's, tried to open up more tickets, and more tickets have been open. So there is right around... I'm going to say there's single digits. There's yeah, not, it's like nine or ten left. Yeah, there's not many tickets at all left for 2 and Out Live, raising money for CFL fans fight cancer. It's 15 bucks to get in, and your first drink is covered. So you're basically getting paid to come be a live studio audience for our Grey Cup preview show and a brisket eating contest as well because... Uh, I'm a glutton for punishment, and a and just a glutton, I guess. But, I was uh, gonna say you don't need the punishment <laughs> part. <laughs> so uh, I think the easiest way is to go to our website, twoandout.ca. It's pinned to the top. Go to that article, follow the link, and uh, buy your tickets for Two and Out Live because it's also it, pinned to the top of our Twitter profile as well. If I'm not mistaken. I, Absolutely. I, I think yeah. those last uh, few tickets, they'll probably be gone by Thanksgiving. So to yeah. secure and please get them. Please buy them before my mom does. Yeah, because uh, she's going to have her whole posse there. Yeah, like she has 16 aunts and uncles, so. <laughs> or 15, sorry. And like half of them live in like Crossfield and Airdrie and stuff like that. Like, let's, let's, let's make it so that this doesn't happen. <laughs> So I know one thing about the Dutch. They're cheap. <laughs> Brazilian Thai is begging you to buy the final few tickets to do it out. Because if, if my family shows up, Booker's not going to make any money. They'll be haggling over drink prices. <laughs> oh, the Edmonton Eskimos get by the Ottawa Red Plaques 2116. Oh, it was 7-3 at halftime. This was an ugly game. There were some plays made in the fourth quarter that kind of made sticking around worth it, including an incredible catch from Tavon Smith. Well, Ty, make the call. Would you have called it a touchdown? If There was nothing that could have overturned it. 
It yeah, was called that's, a touchdown on the field. I think that's kind of where I'm at. A lot of people were saying, how the heck does that stand? I, uh, I'm one that thinks, I mean, you know, if a tip of a football touches the ground, whatever hell of an effort i i think if it doesn't if, you go if it back, doesn't assist him if it doesn't assist him in making the catch exactly yeah then it's a catch if if you go back and watch i just go back and like watch the entire 1982 season or something like how many calls do you think were missed that would not you know slip by today I mean, every second of, play probably all of them <laughs> exactly <laughs> like we got we got guys ripping people's helmets off by the face mask with a referee 4 yards away and he's not calling it imagine what they got away with back then well that was allowed back then <laughs> technically no but <laughs> Um, but I Logan, see where you're coming from. Logan Kilgore goes 19 of 28 for a touchdown. I, I guess the positive here is that he protected the ball because uh-huh. Ottawa stuck around long enough that if he didn't, the result could have been a lot different. I figured it was going to be a big C.J. Gable game, um, and they tried to make it a big C.J. Gable game with 20 carries, but he only had 90 yards. He didn't have a touchdown. Two catches uh, for 11 yards there. So for as much as we crap on Ottawa, I know they leaned on C.J. Gable a lot, but I think they Mm -hmm. kept the running game in check pretty well. Well, I mean, at least we know that he is capable of 20 20 carries a game. Sorry. Uh, Because as we get further into the season, they're going to have to rely on him a little more, especially with Kilgore back there. Takes a lot of pressure off. Uh, It obviously was not a Christian Jones uh, type game, you know, the one rush for negative thirteen yards. <laughs> that was an ugly play. <laughs> uh, he did add. He did add two hundred and thirty one return yards. Though still comes out at ten point nine. Uh, CJ Gable, you know, twelve point one. Uh, a lot of those, you know, the ninety the ninety yards gives you nine, and the two catches for eleven. I mean, not a huge game. Uh, Devaris Daniels comes away with, with five catches for seventy two yards. I mean, yeah, Kilgore only had two hundred and twenty three. I expected him and Devaris or him and Ellingson, one of the two, to kind of hook up more and be the focus uh, instead of him kind of spreading the ball around like he did. Uh, but he still came out of there with 20.6 points, added a rushing touchdown. Uh, so not a bad not a bad second start of the year for Logan Kilgore. And like you said, didn't, didn't turn the ball over either, right, which is huge. Christian Jones might be like the most reliable returner to have in your lineup. Um, well, he did better than Marcus Thickpen did this week. I mean, over 200 return yards. Mm-hmm. I guess when there's going to be 40 punts a game, the, the, the opportunity's <laughs> there. Yeah, I mean, I was foolish not to put him in my lineup thinking afterwards, you know, the Ottawa offense is, is obviously a world beater and, you know, they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't punt much. Um, but if I remember correctly, the the joke was that they were going to have a punt counter in the bottom corner of the screen, and it would have helped. Let's go through those punts. 21 oh, combined, 986 yards of punts between Hugh O'Neill and uh, Richie Leone. So if you're a fan of punting... And who isn't? Get on TSN Go and watch this game on demand. And maybe even fire off a couple tweets to the CFL fantasy people and tell them we need punters and kickers on the on the fantasy uh, aspect as well. Brazilian Tice says it in the intro. Punters are people too, and and they are for the brand. <laughs> like let's go. 
I love a good I love a good cor- coffin corner pun. <laughs> oh, that, that's how John Ryan had his uh, first one of the uh, season. It seems oh, like. Uh, and- <laughs> spe- speaking speaking of John Ryan, he might be the only guy in the CFL with his SAG card. He was on. He was on the Jim Gaffigan show. I just watched. I watched both seasons last week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not bad for a kid from Regina. No kidding. Did did I actually hear that Matt Dunnigan said he was going to jump out of the Broski broadcast booth if they switch quarterbacks again between Dom Davis and John Jennings? <laughs> yes. Well, I don't. He said he was going to jump out and go down there and talk to them. <laughs> Uh, that being said, they didn't have much of a choice when Dominique Davis hurt himself. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, he even, he said it that it was a dumb idea and he didn't like it. So, and I tend to agree with him because it obviously didn't work. Well, what? I mean, if you combine both of them, twenty-two for thirty-one for uh, two hundred and. Uh, 67 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. How many wins? How many wins? Yeah, zero wins. Okay, yeah, just checking. Man, the <laughs> the offense in Ottawa is just inept. Um, the, the fact that it's like they, me talking to a girl. But if they, oh, the fact <laughs> that they actually scored 16 points is like so, nothing short of a miracle. Well. They scored fourteen. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the, we're, we Edmonton didn't even gave, get to that. Edmonton, Edmonton gave them two because you know it made more sense than running around for three seconds and chucking it deep out of bounds. Because God forbid you cover a spread. You know, the, everything could have gone wrong in that play, and it would have been another Jason Moss special, like just oh. overthinking everything to the nth degree. Yeah, there's um, no reason for that. Zero reason I, for that. <laughs> I uh, I actually texted you. I'm like, did that screw up anybody's bets? And then we got well, a tweet it, this morning. It did. <laughs> it but did. What, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Taking a spread as a whole number that just sets you up for failure. The seven is uh, is a bit rough because because uh, guess what you don't do that, win any yeah. money if if they win 21 14 all you do is get your money back so what's the point oh yeah i guess he would have at least had the money back and that's my kind of bet <laughs> yeah tyrell I just like throws live, the, i like to live dangerously yes, yes you do i like that safety blanket <laughs> uh screw you kenny stafford last bet i'll ever make on you um you said that you say that now <laughs> Dominic Rimes had 104 yards was the game's leading receiver what a catch he had a 45 yard play from mm-hmm. the arm of Dominic Davis but I mean even Lewis Ward is missing field goals now it's just rough in Ottawa just it just seems that they're defeated before they even get on the field now yep they they and, look kind of lost and they're just trying to get through yeah. the year and, like, the O-line, which always used to be the strength of this team. And I know the receivers, like, when they had Ellingson, Deontay Spencer, Bradson Upley, and all those guys going, that was a huge part. But without an offensive line, those guys wouldn't have been able to get the ball. The offensive line now just looks, I don't know. It, it's just, 
and I, I know they're professionals, and, and I don't want to say they've given up. But it just looks like body language-wise, you know, guys are getting through the line easier now than they ever have in Ottawa, it seems. It just seems like, like I said, they're, they're defeated when they step on the field. Just mentally, like they know they're not going to win of this football game. This was their best chance uh, with Logan Kilgore starting for Edmonton, and they couldn't get it done. Moses Madu had 1.9 yards a carry. It wasn't going well uh, for the rushing game as well. And we're going to have to, and Eskimo fans are going to have to get used to Logan Kilgore being the starting quarterback for the next little while here because of the Eskimos announcing that they have transferred Trevor Harris to the six-game injured list. He thinks he'll be ready by the time the six-gamers up, which will basically take him to the end of the regular season. <laughs> But, I mean, if your quarterback misses six games and the first game back is in the playoffs, say, at Percival Molson, that's not a good spot to be in. No, uh, but I don't think Jason Moss has lost a division semifinal yet, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. They either lose in the East final, West final, or don't make the playoffs. So, I mean, if he comes back, I mean, the numbers state that they're going to win anyway. So, (laughs) what are we talking about? So are you telling me right now? <laughs> the numbers the Eskimos, never lie is what I'm saying. The numbers never lie. If they cross over to play the Montreal Alouettes, you're putting the you're putting bucks down on the Eskimos. Oh, maybe to cover, like they'll be double point underdogs. <laughs> now you backpedaled. <laughs> maybe to cover. <laughs> oh. I mean, if they go in there, Vernon Adams is healthy, or sorry, not suspended. Uh, if Trevor Harris <laughs> and Trevor Harris starts, maybe, maybe they don't go in as double digit underdogs, but if Logan Kilgore goes in there, they're minus 12 and a half at least. Bottom line, the Eskimos needed this win like nobody's mm-hmm. business because the Lions were coming. Uh, they're still coming. Uh, but this one gives the Eskimos a bit of cushion because they do have the tiebreaker with BC. So Edmonton, mm-hmm. all they need is uh, one more win, and they're going to be okay to squeak and they're into only, the playoffs. They're they're only four points back of not having to cross over. Yeah, they're right in the mix for going through the West playoffs because yeah. <laughs> this is craziness. That, yeah, Saskatchewan's it's, right it's there, and they, the they play twice. Yeah, and Saskatchewan's got Calgary and Ed or uh, Winnipeg still, so <laughs> they're not in the clear either. No, but the the only thing uh, for Edmonton is they need BC to, to lose games, and yeah. if BC can win the next two, their last two are Edmonton Calgary, or sorry, Saskatchewan Calgary. Saskatchewan has nothing to play for. I know it'll be it'll be week nineteen, so I am, I'm assuming all the starters will play. But let's say they win that game and they come in and they, and they've won out until they play Calgary. Calgary's gonna be resting guys in in week twenty one if they have first place wrapped up. It happens every year. We see it every year, and they lose that game. So Edmonton could be in a lot of trouble. They need to keep winning, but they also need some help from BC to start losing football games again. Well, and BC's next game is Toronto. So there's and, a W, and then BC and Edmonton play. Yeah, that, that's gonna be that's gonna be mass. That's gonna be huge. Yeah, and Edmonton's next game is in Hamilton, so that's that's not easy at all. No. <laughs> wow, this is this is gonna be an interesting finish 
to the season here. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power. And in Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. Park Power is low overhead, and chances are you'll save money if you switch. You can actually go on their website, parkpower.ca, pop into your numbers into the calculator. It'll show you before you sign up uh, how much money you're going to save by going to Park Power. So head there right now. If you decide to switch, it's easy. Nothing changes about your service, only the price you pay. Learn more at parkpower.ca. I made the switch uh, in Alberta. They don't bother you when you want to switch power companies. <laughs> it's actually really nice. It's illegal to get charged uh, two bills at once. So it's one of the easiest services I've ever moved over to Park Power. So you can do it too at Power. Ca. Let's talk about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who walk all over the Argos. 41-16. James Franklin gets the start here. And it's got to be over for him in Toronto. Yeah, he sucked. I mean, the like touchdown that. pass to Darrell Walker was nice, but that was, uh, that was about it. Oh, oh S.J. Green, sorry. S.J. Green. Yeah. But, I mean, there was a lot of garbage time stats for James Franklin. There was, yeah. Yeah, there was a so, fourth quarter. I mean, the the best part about this game was the what the game number. It was the 69th game of the year for the CFL. So, you know, you knew it was going to be an instant classic. <laughs> um, I thought, I think a lot of people thought that James Franklin was going to be a mobile quarterback. Uh, going to Toronto. He doesn't move I, around at all anymore. No, he just stands there and uh, lets Charleston Hughes take shots at him, I guess. Yeah, I, I think the experiment's done. You have to give the job back to McLeod Bethel Thompson. James Franklin has shown that he obviously cannot get the job done. I know Saskatchewan's defense is really good, uh, but McLeod Bethel yeah. Thompson has put up numbers against good defenses this year. Uh he is the quarterback who has won you their, your last game. And to not even, like, the way Franklin was playing, how do you not give McLeod Bethel Thompson any chance to get in there? And I know I know, we say, like, you got to let these guys work out their stuff, but if there's one thing Corey Chamberlain has shown us this year is that he doesn't care about letting guys work out of stuff. So why don't you throw McLeod Bethel Thompson in there when you still have a shot at winning this game and try to put some points on the board before it got out of hand? Here's a question. How do the Riders get Jordan Williams-Lambert into the lineup? Well, it's going to be Arsenal or Roosevelt, probably. And after the performances they put on, I don't know who you take out of the lineup. That's what I mean. Roosevelt had so, some tough catches, uh, mm-hmm. big catches, and Manny had a 55-yard touchdown. It looked like it was the BC Manny show all over again. Hey, he's played. He's what? What? What game number was that for Manuel Arsenal? Like eight or nine? So yeah, you know, ha- halfway through his season is when he starts to produce. Dude, he had separation. On yeah. <laughs> so and we saw it in BC. All the, we saw it in BC all the time. He was such a slow starter. Um, that you would have to wait until after Labor Day to really get any production out of him. And that's kind of what we expected. And then he got hurt. So, you know, we, were, we didn't expect too too much. But, I mean, this was his ninth game of the year. And he it was, you know, season high in 
receiving yards. His only touchdown he's got so far. Uh, not season high in catches or targets or anything like that, but you know he did the most with what he what little he was given to, uh, on Saturday afternoon. Kyron Moore got back into the action too with six mm-hmm. catches for. 69 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> um, Shaq Evans had a touchdown. Uh, overall, he had a quiet day, four catches for 34 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown. But Cody Fajardo just getting everybody into the action. He was the game's leading rusher, too, with 11 carries, 80 yards, a rushing touchdown, 23 of 27. Like, I mean, he's like Casey Printers, but good. <laughs> Man, he's going to get paid by the riders. Fajardo has all oh, of the leverage. I was going to say by who? <laughs> he has all of the leverage. You know, with the quarterback situation in Toronto right now, I'm sure that they're super happy they let him go. Yeah, but how many guys have the Argos done that to? <laughs> they've, they've, they've developed half the you league. Can, <laughs> you can basically look at every quarterback in the CFL. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... The Riders just walked out here and handled the Argos. They're done for the season. Um, the big thing is, what are the Argos going to do next year? Not only Fire Jim Pop on the field, but yes, off the field. Uh, Pop was on the sideline with uh, Pinball Clements. Uh, Damon Allen was there. I don't know if they're going to get these legends involved in Tony the Argos Greer. organization. Yeah, he, well, it was his night there at, at yeah. BMO Field as they honored him before the game. I don't know if they're going to get some of these legends involved in the front office or what, but changes need to be coming to uh, mm-hmm. to Toronto because on paper they've got talent, and that that's the mind-blowing thing to me. Well, and Andrew from the Empire Podcast and I were talking this morning, and, you know, with what... Uh, has gone on in Edmonton this year, you can't, or, well, especially lately, the discipline has been cleaned up. You know, you can't put it on Moss. He hasn't lost the room. But I said, if he doesn't make it to a great cup, I still fire him because you're just, you're, you're maintaining status quo. And so you're just spinning your wheels. And then we brought up Toronto and how this isn't exactly Chamberlain's fault. Right. Because Jim Pop did not fix the quarterback situation, which is mind-blowing to me because who wouldn't want to come in and play with S.J. Green and Darrell Walker and the possibility yeah. of still having Chris Rainey and James Walter Jr. in your backfield? Now, I know they made the big push to get by Mitchell. Couldn't get it done. They, I'm assuming that you know Pop would have had offers out to basically every free agent quarterback because you're not doing your job if you don't. But it's just systematic failure in Toronto where they can't even get guys to come play with some of the best receivers. They can't get a quarterback to come play with guys who can produce. I, I don't know if that's Jim Pop's fault. I, I don't think it is. I think, you know, the previous regime didn't help. The Ricky Ray injury has a lot to do with it as well. You know, with guys not being prepared in, in the quarterback position, but he's going to be the fall guy. He probably will be the fall guy. I'm not going to crap on them for not getting Bo because they offered to pay him like a million. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Like, it, it, he, It's just guys look at it, and I don't know why you wouldn't want to come throw the ball to SJ and Darrell Walker. But I, I just think the, the stink of it being the Argos is what it is now. 
Well, yeah, I think that, I I don't think Bo is ever going to leave. He used the Argos no. and the Riders to get more money out of uh, Huff, who, which is a great move. I don't think Huff likes to pay his quarterback that much, but he also knows how valuable Bo is at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, but if they did sign Bo to that stupid money, who would, would they, they be able to keep Green and Walker? They'd have to lose a lot of guys, I, I'm assuming, because well, we saw... They, they probably could have kept those two, but their defense would have taken a huge hit. Right. It might have been uh, another, you know, BC situation, which, mm-hmm. I mean... Oh, because the old line in Toronto is already is, is so stacked that they could afford to lose guys. And I, I say that because Toronto was so much better at the beginning of the season than BC. <laughs> Uh, which is which, crazy. I mean, isn't is saying much either. <laughs> well, it's not true either. But uh. no. But well, you could have made an argument for it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Charleston Hughes has a set, two sacks. The guy is just. I'm serious. I, I, because I know he's mid thirties now. There's no reason to believe that he can't do this again next year. With Micah Johnson, you know, mm-hmm. still next to him, which Micah Johnson made a play in the fourth quarter that was terrifying. Just you could hear, you could hear Dickinson because it was the live yeah, mic game. That was awesome. <laughs> you like, know that what? made me scared. I got to be honest. I I like the live mic presentation this year. It's a lot better than it used it, to be. It is growing on me quite a bit. Last year, I found it a little bit distracting. Yeah. Uh, this year when they started and they were showing the split screen, that was awful. Yeah. So I, I was kind of over it. But the way it's been presented since they got rid of the double screen and everything, I, I find that it's just more intriguing. It Like, now, if, if anybody in Regina says Outlaws Ready, everybody knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right, it's just one of those things that can that's now going to stick. It's like on hard. It's like on hard knocks with John Gruden. Knock on wood, if you're with me, it's going to be one of those things now, and that's well, because there, of live Mike, and it just adds another element to the game. There were some cool moments with Cody Fajardo. I thought uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game, they take a time count violation. He's like, "Man, this time yeah. clock is uh, oh my. hard to see." Did I say something bad there? This no, uh, I heard an L. I'm pretty sure I heard an L. <laughs> This mind time, you, mind you, this is game sixty-nine. So <laughs> this time oh, clock we just is lost tiny. every sponsor. <laughs> so they showed the time clock, and yeah, it was tiny. And then there was another moment when he threw a ball behind Shaq Evans. Shaq caught it, and he goes, "Hey, good, sh- good job, Shaq. I got to throw you a better ball than that." Yeah, the- and even when they took the time count, he said, "That's on me." Yeah. Uh, and like I he's, like he's showing those great moments. leadership in the huddle. I love seeing those moments. So yeah. I I also love when the sensor isn't quick enough on the dump button. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> I mean, everything went well for the riders here. I mean, I said it earlier. John Ryan even had a coffin corner punt, and a few weeks ago, that was a that was a touchback. So. Uh, yeah, things were going right for the Riders in uh, this one in just every single phase of this game. I think their fans, the green ones, outnumbered the blue ones too, and 
but at this, I, I'm not blaming Argo fans because it would be tough to go watch this team uh, the way it is right now. Yeah. I, I know, like we 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 bring up the the attendance issue a lot, but when a team is playing like this, yeah, I don't blame people for not going to watch. Is anybody gonna trade for James Franklin? No, if they're <laughs> showcasing him, they're doing a terrible job of it. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I think Zach Kalaros has more of a chance to be traded again than James Franklin. Yeah, that'd be that would be something. Uh, the last game of the week was the game of the week: the BC Lions beating the Montreal Alouettes twenty five of the week. Yeah, that's true. the The first half is pretty slow, so I guess let's just talk yeah. about that second half. Where you know what, Matthew Schiltz, he only had nineteen pass attempts, but he he had a pretty good game. He had sixty two rushing mm-hmm. yards as well, uh, including. And, and they even said touchdown. it on the broadcast. He might be faster than Vernon Adams Jr., which just adds oh. a whole other element. Both of the guys can run there. So I, I think we mm-hmm. saw why they decided to go with Schiltz under center there. I mean, he had a 97-yard play. You take away that one play and, what, 87 passing yards or whatever for for Alouettes mm-hmm. and Matthew Schiltz. But uh, Let's, I think Can we talk about that play real quick? The, oh, Eugene Lewis, wide how open. Har- how does every DB on a play action every db did it yeah they did and if you're eugene lewis you're like don't drop it 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 and if you're matthew schultz like oh crap i better not overthrow him like there's Uh, so much i know he's wide open but there's still so much that can go wrong absolutely uh william standback had his best game since the 200 yard game uh Mm -hmm. with 14 carries 147 yards it's a bit of an adventure with uh, Quan Bray again, he only had the one target, no catches, and almost botched the punt return as well. So this might be a situation where he's going to get better as his career goes on, and maybe next year he'll have uh, the breakout here. But it's also different with uh, Matt Schiltz behind center than Vernon yeah. Adams. But the Lions, Mike Riley, 30 of 34 309 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. John White, another nice game, 14 for 78 and a touchdown. Lamar Durant has a 100-yard game. Brian Burnham has a touchdown. Deron Carter, seven catches. They look and like a stupid could... penalty. Oh, so <laughs> the, the Lions end up taking a lead late in the game. And I thought he was all going to go away because there was a stupid penalty from Deron Carter and a stupid penalty from Odell Willis. And I think if there was a worry for us going into the season is that this is what we would see from BC. We didn't really think that Mike Riley was going to be on his back 12 times a game. We thought that Deron Carter was going to be throwing a fuss and that him and Odell in the same locker room would probably cause some issues on the field. And it almost did <laughs> cost them this game. Yeah. Uh, and Duron Carter wonders why people don't like him. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. I don't like him because I don't like his dad. Because his dad is a, his dad was this, his dad's like not that much better of a person than Duron Carter is. But so he already comes in, you know, 
with a one foot in the grave, and then just the way he acts on the field and with the media just drives me round the bend. And, and he, he literally doesn't get it, why people don't like him. He does not understand. <laughs> so the Lions have a 25-23 lead. It's what, third and goal from the two? From the two. Yeah, with a Alouettes. minute ten left. Alouettes go for it instead of kicking the field goal to take a one-point lead. What say you? Wrong decision. Two things. Yeah. You're on the road. You take the freaking points, get the lead, and have a chance to win this football game. Problem number two, why is Pipkin taking this? I know. I Matthew hate Schiltz. that. Leave Matthew Schiltz in. He has... He has the chemistry with the center going. Pipkin has barely taken any snaps. Why are you screwing with this? It is the most important aspect of the football game is the handoff from center to quarterback. Or sorry, the exchange from center to quarterback. And of course, you bring in a guy who is, I don't want to say cold, but hasn't taken the reps, doesn't have that chemistry with the center, bobbles it, ends up short. You'd get zero points. Instead of, you know, at least three. And the argument is, well, then you leave Mike Riley all this time. He's only got to drive from the 35 to, you know, into field goal range. So what? Make him do it. Give yourself a chance to win this football game. Instead, you just put the final nail in the coffin yourself. That You got Kahari Jones overthought it and outcoached himself. Uh, Pipkin did have a rushing touchdown earlier in the game, mm-hmm. um, but Schiltz has rushing talent as well, if that's the play that they wanted to call. Um, I Edmonton, they scored. Well, the, one he, the one he ran in was a complete joke up by the D- BC defense <laughs> as well. It was, and I know they have an undersized defensive front in Montreal. Kind of tried to take advantage of that all game long. I get all mm-hmm. of that. But you have to take the field goal. 100%. Um, make make them score. Yep. Not just give it to them. Oh, that, that play just made me shake my head. I, I think... You know what it reminded me of? Chris Jones in oh, overtime. Ah. Uh, like, you have, you have the opportunity to win a football game. Take it. It's like, you know, saving your best pitcher for game seven when you still have to win game six. Yeah. Like, no, win game six, deal with game seven when you get there. Take the points, deal with that Mike Riley offense for the last minute of the football game and try to make a stop. I like the call, but I don't agree with it. You know what I mean? I I, 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 I understand it. I, I completely understand it. Yeah. Because you can still get a first down without the touchdown. Uh, you can still, you know, kill a little bit of time because I think BC was only down to one challenge or one timeout because they lost a challenge, and they got the timeout back when they put the wrong ball in play. But which, by the still... way, had you ever seen that before? He called timeout before the officials realized. So why does he get his timeout back? Did you know there were different balls? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Smarter than me. Smarter than me. 
<laughs> I knew Dick Tom Brady had different balls. That's all I knew. <laughs> no, no, like every team has offensive balls and kicking balls. Huh. The more you know. Uh, <laughs> what, is, Sergio... okay, what is this, reading rainbow or two and out? <laughs> uh, Sergio Castillo goes four of five. Uh, the Did one he wear that was the a luchador miss. mask? <laughs> the one that was a miss, though, that block from Fabian Foot just blew through yeah. the line. It, it it wasn't like the block from Trey Roberson where he jumped 10 feet oh. in the air. Um, <laughs> this fourth quarter, this was a really interesting game between these two teams and just a massive win for the BC Lions mm-hmm. to stay in the hunt and s- still have see, a chance the, at the we, playoffs. We wrote them off. We figured their season was over. Uh, although not mathematically, we just didn't see them turning it around, and here we are, you know, a three-game winning streak, and they're right back in content. Well, they, if they win out and get some help, they're they're going to make the playoffs, and, and they they kind of <laughs> control their own fate schedule-wise to some degree. Yeah, so we're looking at Edmonton's schedule, and I mean, they. It's not easy. They're going to Hamilton, and then they play BC. It could all end there. Yeah, 100%. Um, but if, that... BC, if, if BC wins the next game and that game against Edmonton, Edmonton loses both. BC's two points back. And then uh, Edmonton has Sask twice after that, who yeah. they, they could be fighting for first and home playoffs. Uh, and then BC, mm-hmm. they have a tough road after the Edmonton game, too. So things are really interesting for that final crossover spot, especially with uh, Trevor Harris. Who knows when he's going to make the return? He could play in those SAS games. Who knows? But that... uh, Because Edmonton isn't going to be in cap trouble if they pull him off early. It's not like they went out and got a big big ticket guy when he went down. That Thanksgiving uh, weekend game between BC and Edmonton, that is going to be a fun one. Who are the fantasy leaders this week? Uh, Cody Fajardo, 37.1. Dane Evans, 26. Matt Schiltz, uh, 21.3. You know, Safamod will obviously love that. I had chalked myself up a win and jinxed it. uh, After (laughs) the first half, and Schiltz came back out and decided he could play football. Uh, Andrew Harris, 19.1, allegedly. Uh, Chris Rainey, 18.8. John White, 18.4. Brandon Banks was the the leader for wide receivers at 27.5. Kenny Lawler, uh, 24.4. Brian Burnham at 20.7. Eugene Lewis uh, with that huge touchdown reception behind coverage at 20.4. And Braylon Addison added 19.6 for the Tiger Cats. It wasn't the highest scoring week overall. Uh, I had around 70 points, but I lost to Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast. He forgot to pick on Friday. I wish I forgot to pick on Friday because (laughs) Strebler was average. Jalen Acklin did nothing. He had one catch for 15 yards. I think Super super Fan Mike, or Superman Fike, as you like to call him, (laughs) I think he he led the way, and he had just over 80 points. Yeah, or maybe Safamod caught him. I'm not sure, but it nobody got a hundred in our in our league. Yeah, there were probably some players that did, but it was a 
rough and tough week as the temperature continues to drop. Week 17 is going to be a fun one. This episode of Two and Out saying thank you to ATB Financial. Brazilian Thai, when's the last time you were in a bank? Uh, I used an ATM a couple weeks ago, but I like didn't have to go in. It was in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you're still paying bank fees, so that's why a- ATB Financial. Well, yeah, because I went because I went to an ATB and I don't have an ATB bank account. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why ATB Financial is changing things. You mm-hmm. spoke. You said, "Why? Why the heck do I pay bank fees when I don't even go in?" Well, they've created a no-monthly-fee digital account with a line of credit that makes banking work for you. If you want digital banking that works for you, sign up for an ATB no-fee all-in account. By doing most of your banking digitally, you'll avoid paper fees, monthly fees, and get unlimited digital transactions. It's 24-7 banking at its finest. Head to ATB.com to find more on the no-fee all-in digital account. And if you need any tickets, I know Elton John was just through Alberta. CFL's Week 17 is on the way. Head to SeatGiant.ca. Use the promo code APN. You're going to save 5% on your ticket order and support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. So Eskimos, Ticats, Stamps, Owls, Bombers, Riders this week. And then the Argos Mm -hmm. and the Lions SeatGiant.ca, promo code APN to save 5%. And also, Brazilian tie. we're going to take orders on two-and-out t-shirts for, let's say, what, the next two and a half weeks or so? Or Yeah, something like that. We want to make sure we order them early enough where if there is somewhat of a delay, we'll still be able to get them in time for Grey Cup. And we've got people from all over the planet ordering two-and-out t-shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We have to we have to ship one to Scotland. How cool is that? So, I mean, if you live in Scotland or wherever you live, we just ask that you cover the shipping costs. But we're selling shirts for uh, twenty dollars Canadian. Maybe we should do U.S. dollars. Um, <laughs> you can get them in black or get them in your team's color. I think. My favorite ones might be the two and out BC Lion Colors shirt. That one or the uh, Montreal one is pretty sharp as well. I thought that the Alouettes one looked good as well. So if you do want a two and out t-shirt, 20 Canadian dollars and meet us at the Grey Cup or you can, uh, we'll ship them out to you. We just ask that you do cover the postage. Uh... Hit us up on Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. You can find the links there to get your tickets for 2 and Out Live November 21st in Calgary. Otherwise, we will talk to you Thursday morning as we get ready for the CFL's Week 17. And there goes my smoke alarm. I will be talking to you Thursday morning. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.